0: My friends, uh, I just want you to know how much I miss you. I cannot wait for the day when we are all uh, back together, but in the meantime, I'm very grateful for the technology that we have available and uh, for those who have much more skill at technology than I do that are able to put this worship service together for us. So hear these words from the prophet Ezekiel from chapter 37. I'll be reading verses 1 through 14. It's the story of the valley of the dry bones. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, and as had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and the flesh had come upon them, and the skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord." May God add a blessing upon the reading of this word. Let's pray. Oh God, for the gift of your holy scriptures, for the gift of our ancestors in the faith, we give you thanks. We ask that you open our hearts and our minds and allow us to hear what you are trying to tell us today. Amen. So as I sat down to write this sermon, I started on my back deck. The sun was shining and the air was warm. I could hear sounds of chainsaws in the distance. There were birds singing all around the personage and leaves were rustling with the gentle breeze. I can see that the grass is greening and flowers are pushing their way up from the ground and trees are beginning to bud. If I weren't quarantined to my home, I would have told you that this was just another spring day. It was beautiful and gratifying for my soul. It's almost as if God is still at work even when our lives have been disrupted disruption what an inconvenient and irritating word i cannot think of any scenario where we welcome disruption in our lives it changes our plans it reminds us that we are not in control and it throws us off balance at best it's irritating and annoying at worst it completely throws our lives into a tailspin. If anyone knew what it was like to live a life of disruption, it was the ancient Hebrews. And this wasn't just a mild irritation for them. Being defeated by the Babylonians under King Nebuchadnezzar's rule was absolutely devastating for the Hebrew people. All that they knew and all who they were was called into question gone their temple gone their freedom gone their community gone their livelihood the babylonian empire had stripped the hebrew people of their worship space their community gatherings and the ways that they functioned in society and quite possibly the most important part of all of this all of this is that it it had stripped them of who they knew themselves to be. People of God. Lifeless, hopeless, and despair are words that we could use to describe these exiled Hebrew people. How were they to remember who they were? How were they to function? The people were disrupted. I don't know about you, but these past couple of weeks, the scriptural stories are coming to life for me in new and profound ways. Communal, global even, crisis is no longer something that we have to try to imagine as we are reading these ancient stories. Wide sweeping crisis has made its way into every aspect of our world. No one is immune to the fear or the risk of the virus. It's not something that money or intellect or power can protect us from. Our lives have been anything, but even routine and comfortable. Each day seems to bring about new information, new deaths and new fears. It would be so easy to get lost in a sea of anxiety and despair. So what are we to do? How are we to live? And what does God have to say about all of this? Disruption. A mentor of mine used this word as she was reflecting on Lent about a week ago. She pondered aloud how the purpose of Lent is to be disruptive for people of faith. So what could this huge disruption in our lives mean in light of the current state that we're living? Lent is this time in our liturgical calendar that invites us to divert from some of the normalcy and some of the routine of our year. It is during this time where we are called to look deep, inside of ourselves and examine those ways that we are not in alignment with god how is it that we have strayed what is it that we can do to realign ourselves and our hearts with god in my ash wednesday sermon i said that lent is not an easy season and I went on to say that over the next six weeks, as we journey toward Easter, we will do some self-examination. We will open ourselves up to our own brokenness. I can honestly say, I meant and still mean this for Lent. Each Lenten season, we have this open invitation of, into the process of self-examination. But if I'm really being honest with myself and with you, I want the Lenten process to be framed in a particular way. I want it to be clean for each of us to journey through. I like our Lenten studies. I like the programs that we offer throughout the season. I like that we get to come together on a prescribed night each week as we grow in our own faith together. I like knowing what we're gonna be preaching on throughout the season. Let me be really real for a moment. I like leading in ways that are comfortable for me. I want comfort as we are doing the really uncomfortable work of self-examination. In other words, I want to feel as if I am in control. After the invasion of Babylon, the Hebrews did not have control over anything external in their lives. They had to answer to the Babylonian empire, and this brought on a deep despair. It is in this time of despair that God raises up the prophet Ezekiel. And as prophets have the tendency to be, Ezekiel is a bit of a strange fellow. He comes from a priestly lineage and Ezekiel speaks and he falls down and he acts out God's word. He travels in a trance. He sees strange things and he proclaims dangerous things messages what a life ezekiel led pastor theologian and translator of the message bible eugene peterson says this about ezekiel catastrophe strikes and a person's world falls apart there are two common responses denial and despair Among biblical writers, Ezekiel is a master at dealing with catastrophe. When catastrophe struck, denial was the primary response. Ezekiel found himself living among a people of God who refused to see what was right before their eyes. But Ezekiel saw. Boy did Ezekiel see God takes him to this valley filled with dry bones, very dry. The scripture records for us. In other words, dead, very dead. The bones are scattered all over the valley and there are so many of them. And then God asks Ezekiel, can these bones live? Ezekiel's response to God was, well, God, only you can know that. Can these bones live? Can they? At this moment, we are living exiled from one another. We are quarantined in our homes. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us are sick. Some of us are wondering how we're gonna put food on the table for our children. Some of us are living in unsafe homes. Some of us are unhappy or living in a heightened state of anxiety. Others are mourning the loss of a school year the loss of of experiences and events in their lives, and still others are working more than their fair share to care for the whole of society. His Holiness the Dalai Lama is no stranger to suffering, inconvenience, and disruption. He knows what what it's like to live in exile. He's been living in exile from his people for over 50 years. In the Book of Joy, the Dalai Lama describes exile this way. Exile really has brought me closer to reality. When you are in difficult situations, there's no room for pretense. In adversity or tragedy, you must confront reality as it is. When you are a refugee, when you have lost your land, you cannot pretend or hide behind your role. When you are confronted with the reality of suffering, all life is laid bare. Our situation right now is one that includes fear, isolation, angst, irritation, and so much more. All of this causes us to strip away the pretenses that we have carefully built around ourselves. Right now, we don't have the luxury of pretending. Our vulnerable are at risk and we are isolated. If this ever was a Lenten invitation to bear our life, I don't know what is. That control we think we have, you know it's just an illusion, don't you? I was on a Zoom call last night with um, an organization that I'm involved with and this group happens to be made up of uh, clergy people and the chair of the board opened up the meeting by inviting each of us to share a little bit about how the past two weeks have been for us. So uh, during this check-in, because all of us are clergy, we had some similarities in what we were sharing. Each of us shared in some way, shape, or form that These first two weeks of this crisis that we're living in, we've been uh, spending trying to figure out how to do ministry in ways that are unfamiliar and quite frankly, uncomfortable for many of us. It's been hard to find our footing when um, information seems to be emerging daily, but We all understand the importance of remaining connected in these days when we are required to be physically distant from one another. And the man who shared right before me was the one who ended up setting the tone for me. As he shared his challenges, he ended his time by saying, but God has been good and God is gracious. Friends, God is good and God is full of grace with us. If there is any doubt about this, all we need to do is turn to the story of Ezekiel and the Valley of the Dry Bones. God has not given up on the people. God says, Ezekiel, I will bring these bones back to life. I will clothe them with muscles and connectors and skin. I will breathe my breath of life into their lungs. In other words, it's as if God is saying, these are my people. I will not leave them in a sinking hole of despair. I am the God who has brought forth life and I will continue to do so over and over and over again. Is this a Lenten season, how I envisioned it? No way and no how. I can't imagine any of us thought we'd be following an executive order to stay in our homes. Our lives have been disruptive. But this is where we get to have a front row seat to seeing and experiencing how God is going to breathe life into our dry and our dusty bones. If we can keep the bigger picture in focus, then we have the real opportunity to experience dynamic transformation. God has created us to be creative people. When we have restrictions put on us like we do now, creativity kicks into high gear. In the first week of this crisis, the church staff, along with our care team and our Stephen ministers, kicked into their high gear. Who do we need to be checking in on regularly was the question we were all asking. What kind of support do our vulnerable need in this time? And you know what? All have been reaching out to one another. This includes the children and the youth who have also been sending cards and pictures and notes. It's all hands on deck to make sure we remain connected. You know, what's been happening this week, Kristen Frederick, our children's ministry director has invited those who the care team and the Stephen ministers have been checking on to write cards of their own. And these cards, Well, they're gonna be going to the youngest disciples in our congregation. Care isn't a one-way street. It's a dynamic relationship between all of us. Care invites us into deeper relationship with one another. Caring is our responsibility and it's our joy. What I've observed is that Stony Brook takes caring for one another very seriously. I see deep relationships, I've heard stories of support during dark moments in lives, and I've witnessed joy in friends seeing one another. Caring, like joy, is contagious. The Book of Joy was written when Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama got together for a week to celebrate the Dalai Lama's 80th birthday. These two spiritual giants, Tutu as a Christian and the Dalai Lama as a Buddhist, have led anything but easy lives. They've witnessed and experienced heartache, separation, and pain in the most profound of ways. Pastor Lou preached last week that we do not need to be defined by our crisis. These two men have not defined themselves by their crisis. They've chosen instead to define themselves by who they know themselves to be. And each of them lean on and trust in the teachings of their faith tradition to show them who they are. Our faith teaches us that we are gods. And this is the whole crux of the dry bones story. The people were in crisis. They couldn't see who they were anymore. And so God sends Ezekiel for them to see for them and to share with them the vision that God has given to him. It is our god who will get us through this it is our god who invites us into this disruptive nature of lent we have an opportunity this season like we will probably never experience again in our lives i cannot imagine that any time in the near future that we will ever be in such a state of collective disarray during lent So here's our challenge. How, in this season of disruption, will we see God? How will we see ourselves? What in our lives do we need to let go of? Is it pretenses? Is it keeping up with the Joneses? Is it the frenetic pace that many of us live? What about numbness to life? Or how about the desire for us to keep our heads in the sand and ignore the pain around us? This is our chance, friends. Ezekiel followed God's command, and he ordered these bones to hear the word of God. He told those old, dry, weary bones that God's breath would enter them, that flesh would form around these bones, giving them cushion and protection, and that then the flesh would have another layer of protection around it, with the skin when you know it these bones they began to rattle and move as they were drawn to one another can you hear them clattering and disruptive noise then the flesh was attached to the bone and a layer of skin came around the flesh there was still no life God didn't give up on Ezekiel God tells Ezekiel Call upon the four winds of the earth. Command them to breathe my life into these lifeless bodies. These people need to know that they are mine and I am here. And so Ezekiel does. And those bones, those ones that had been scattered throughout the valley, lying there void of energy, void of joy, void of life, They're filled with God's very own breath. The Babylonian Empire was eventually defeated. The exiled Jews eventually came back home, but they were different. Some brought with them spouses who were not Jewish. Others brought with them new rituals, new memories, new experiences. The people had changed while exile and crisis changed the jewish people you know what it did not end them our current crisis will change us and it will not end us we will be different when this when this is all over i suspect our values will shift I suspect that the ways we care for one another will become even more meaningful and that we will learn that crisis and anxiety is not how we define ourselves. After all, we are God's people and we have God as near to us as our very own breath. Take comfort in this, my friends. Know that God is with us as we journey through this unprecedented yet very real Lenten season. May each of us look to the future of the coming weeks as we are reminded that Easter is just around the corner. And with Easter comes the biggest disruption of all. Amen.